Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalog featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Hey, it's uh, Christmas week. Ooh. It's all happening. Yeah, I can't wait to... uh Start drinking in the morning and eating inappropriate things at the wrong time of day. Sharing gifts. Receiving gifts. Um, yeah, Christmas is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And we're here for another week uh, with the podcast. Hey, up. How are you doing, your eight? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been fighting a cold again. I had the flu thing that I talked about before. The flu thing, the dirty flu thing, where you, I just couldn't move. Head's gone. But all this week I've had a cold, sore throat and all that kind of stuff. Crap. Uh, but I've been battling on, you know. Uh, just got a head full of snot. So, good in a way. Got it out of the way before Christmas. Because I know there's going to be some of you guys that can feel it coming on. You know the big days ahead. I've got a, I've got a lot of booze ahead of me. Uh, loads of trips over to Sheffield and see the old family and um, drinks arranged with Manchester friends. So I'll be spending a big majority of this festive season travelling up and down Woodhead. Wouldn't have it any other way. So, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? You're right. Hope you all have a lovely Christmas and enjoy the podcast this week. We've got the amazing Clint Boone joining us again. Uh, well, it's, it's the Inspiral Carpets episode, really. I wanted to find out, why are they back? Because they're back. But why are they back? So I have a good chat with Clint. Uh, he talks us through, um, you know, why the band's back and, you know, why it didn't happen for a few years. Talk about Noel Gallagher as a roadie. Loads of great stuff coming up in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. So stick around for the Inspiral Carpets episode. Thank you. Yeah, we've been busy, uh, particularly with live gigs at RGM. Uh, we've just had a, we've just had a sold out gig at the Castle uh, with my boys Sinclair, uh, Tokyo, and the headliners Vivas from Sheffield, headline Manchester, and we sold it out. So thanks for everybody coming out. It was a great night, great night, great night. Yeah, it was good fun. Uh, it was on the Saturday though, um, and obviously England were playing France at the time. So there was a lot of pissed, pissed, pissed people around. A lot of people trying to blag it to get in. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I, I always do the door on our gym live gigs. And I've seen the same old excuses over the years. People losing the phone. People just walking straight past as if they haven't seen you, thinking they're entitled to just wander into a gig for free. No. No way. Uh, and there just seems to be a lot more of it going on than the other night. Because everybody was rat arse because they were out early for the England match. But hey-ho, shit happens. Uh, so yeah, it was a great gig. And we've just announced the biggest 
RGM live gig ever. Ladies and gentlemen, on the 16th of June, 2023, RGM live goes to, comes to, the Night and Day Cafe in Manchester. Got a headliner Sinclair, got the battery farm on. There's got to be another act as well that I've not booked yet. Um, but like you do, you put it on your spo- uh, poster as special guests. You know, just to pretend that you've got some something lined up. Um, so yeah, I'm really proud of, you know, being in a position where we can hire the night and day and grow this thing. We've also started to book loads of gigs at Pier High in Manchester as well, so... Loads of gigs coming up on our gym live. We've been announcing those this week on, on the socials. So, well, then have a look, see if there's out your fancy. Come and say hello. Yeah, and we're really proud to be sponsoring uh, this, this week as we speak on the Wednesday. Mancunia Art Centre uh, having a, a, a bit of a shindig, a Christmas shindig. They've got Dermo on, uh, a guest of the podcast. We've got Clint there, he's hosting the night, a friend of the podcast. Uh, and today's guest um, so yeah we're sponsoring their Christmas do uh, they've got loads of things going on so pop on to the Mancunia Arts Centre um, Facebook page that's where most of the activity is uh, there's a great event on there uh, that's got to be live on YouTube so you can watch it all night I think it's just it, there's no tickets or anything it's invite only because it's going to be one of those kind of uh, big big things loads of interviews going on loads of art space check out their stuff and we're sponsoring it this week because we're because we like that, you know, supporting initiatives. That's what it's all about. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, guys, for another week of the podcast. As always, and there's going to be a bit more content on Patreon this week. Extra bonus stuff, Christmas stuff uh, coming up on there too. We're going to have a, a special interview with the Cavs Manchester band. That's going to be just for Patreon. Uh, subscribers coming up extra bonus content so it's only three quid a month you know if you can be asked i know it's tough times and uh, only if you can afford it guys it's three quid a month less than a pound a week uh, it really supports the podcast and also rgm really just keep things going uh, all the costs are more you know I'm, I'm not i'm not there's no sob story here guys you know uh, and you know it, it stick around on the free one it's perfectly fine I'm not going to push this Patreon thing too much because cost of living and stuff it's just not appropriate to um, but if you you know if you're doing alright through this shit uh, then yeah pop onto Patreon and have a look so ladies and gentlemen should we crack on to the main business the main area <laughs> I'm talking about the main area ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Let's catch up with the Inspiral Carpets, Clint Boom. How are we doing, brother? Nice to see you again. Yeah, you too, pal. You too. Thanks for joining us again for another week. It was uh, episode 46, if people want to listen to our previous episode with you, Mr. Boom, yeah. uh, where we talked about we, we talked about loads of things, you know, all the stuff that you've got going on, how you diversified and stayed alive in lockdown and that kind of stuff. So, so we're not going to cover all ground. People can listen to the the archives and listen to that, mate. But thanks for joining us again. And you know, I've, I've just been, I'm just fresh from watching Wales Iran in, in the World Cup. Have you been watching it yourself? I didn't watch it, but I just read on um, the news that Wales got got beat. Did they? Are they out of it? Now? Yeah, a, a massive game. They scored it last minute and then scored again. Right, yeah, Iran fortunately did. for Wales, yeah. Yeah, lost oh. two, lost two now, Wales. But it seems like it's a good cup. Politics aside, and all that stuff that goes along with it. Yeah, it's World Cup season, and I'm just wondering if you're 
interested in the World Cup yourself, mate? Uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, just football in general doesn't really yeah. interest me. I mean, I, I enjoy watching good football being played. You know, usually I just get on Twitter and watch great clips of Ronaldo or something. You know what I mean? I love, I, yeah. I love the art of football, but I just don't, I'm not interested in supporting a team. Uh, <laughs> I'm very neutral. You know, I, I love what City are all about. I love the fact that City have, yeah. Manchester City have come back from the depths that they were in back in the 80s and 90s. You know, yeah. it's a great story. And they, they do a lot, you know, the City owners um, have done a massive amount of work to regenerate that part of Manchester. Yeah. Even that new big arena that's built to the side now, isn't it? Yeah, the Court Live Arena, that's yeah. that's right next to it. But but yeah. that whole area of Manchester is now a lot more prosperous than it was because of what City have invested into, you know, into that area, you know, the, the, the academies and the social stuff that's going on around the stadium. It's not just about let's make a lot of football, a lot of profit out of the football team. It's like they're really investing in the community, which is beautiful to see. I, I, was, I was at the gym the other day with my Sheffield United top on, Clint, and right. this City fan that I see in there often, he just said to me, I said, well, he said, oh, you're doing all right this season. I said, oh, I don't know, it's Sheffield United. You, you never really know. But And I said, well, you, you know, you're doing all right yourselves, like Man City. And he said, I'd still go back to old days, mate. Really? If I could still go back to old days, I'd still go back yeah. to when we were just fighting for everything again. It's weird, isn't it? There was an intense loyalty. I mean, like I said, I mean, I wasn't a football fan, but I was in a band with three, I think, three city fans in uh, in Spirals back then. Um, and even not just in the Spirals, the, the community of people I knew that loved City, they were so loyal yeah. and, and content, even though City were, like say, on their arse and fighting, you know, for survival all the time. And But they're just so loyal, these people, where, you know, some teams you, you see fans come and go, if, if, depending on how well they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, personally for me, it's, I used to support older when I was a teenager. Yeah, and up until being about fourteen, fifteen, I, you know, actually, I was a keen supporter. And then soon after that, music just completely took over, and seventy six punk happened, and that was it for me. Everything wow. was out the window. You know, it just it was all about music from that moment. Well. Yeah. Three or four years ago, you joined me in my electric car. We were having a driving around, and I did. I did pose the question at the time: um, Could Inspire Carpets ever get back together? And at that time, you, you just couldn't see it. At the time, you know everything that happened with Craig and everything; it just wasn't on the horizon. Yeah. So I was really chuffed to see that video that you put online when you you dusted off the organ and you started playing again. Cheeky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. What's, how did you come round to, you know, starting thinking about that? It is something that you could do again. So for those that don't know, our last tour was mm. December 2015 with Shed 7. Mm. So, you know, that that was the last gigs that we did. And then in December, November 2016, Craig died, 20th of November. And it just knocks us all for six, obviously, to, to have a close friend and, you know, yeah. A family man, a fam the father of three beautiful kids, and yeah. and he was just gone, and it was like it knocked us all sideways. And we did, we dropped everything in spirals related just to initially look after uh, Craig's wife and, and family. That became the priority for the Inspirals, as I see it. Back then, that was like this is what the Inspirals' next chapter is: looking after these these people. And literally since then, we've not had a single conversation about the potential to do gigs or record new music. Mm. There's been other discussions going on and other business, you know, to do with like reissuing back catalogue albums. And we did two Tim's Twitter listening parties, I think during the pandemic, I think we did it, which was great. There's always that kind of business going on, mm. but never a word about who wants to record anything, who wants to get out on the road. There just was not, that wasn't in the conversation. 
So for me, until June, July of this year, I was not thinking anything about Inspiral's future, really. I was too busy with all my other stuff that I do, you know, the radio, the DJing, some solo music projects I'm working on. Um, and then it was a Saturday morning in July of this year, and I got an email from Graham, our guitarist, saying we've had this uh, proposal, an, an offer. There was no money mentioned on it. It was a proposal to go out on tour in, you know, sometime in summer of um, 23, mm. uh, supporting a particular band. Now, this isn't happening, but this was the first proposal we got. Yeah. And I read it and just thought, wow, you know, I just got a really nice feeling inside, like, I don't know what you call it. Uh, you know, like when you're just about to go to sleep and you get that rush of, is it melatonin? Yeah. I just got this feeling of, like, love and positivity and optimism and I just, I read it, I read it again. I thought, I think I'm ready for it because it's, it's that far ahead in time. It was a year pretty much ahead of where I was at when I read the email. I thought, I've got enough time to, you know, get the keyboards out, get them all working, remember how to play. I've not played since 2015 pretty much. Um, so the, the idea really appealed to me. And I got right back on and said, right, I'm up for this. Um, Steve Singer, he's up for it. Graham's up for it. Martin, our bass player, He's very honest. He just said, I'm, I'm not ready for it. You guys carry on without me. I'm not leaving the band, but carry on without me for, you know, for the next chapter or whatever. So Martin is still very much our bass player, but he's just not doing these gigs, which is, you know, it's fine. All amicable, all all positive. And, and yeah, we're doing it. We made the announcement. Everybody went mad for it and sold out two or three gigs. On, we sold out two gigs on the first day. Yeah. I think the, second, the third one sold out on the day three of ticket sales, whatever. But yeah, I mean, long story short, people are ready for it. We are ready for it. Um, and we're just feeling so much love from the fan base at the moment. I mean, from the media in general, it's just, yeah. I've been doing a lot of interviews the last couple of weeks and it's, uh, you know, some of the radio presenters are as, as, as excited as I am, or probably more excited <laughs> than I am. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's what I needed. I'm ready for it. And I, I needed something like this in my, in my sort of, um, Next bit, my next chapter. Yeah. Um, so, who, who, who sent you the email again with the proposal? And again, you just say that. Graham, our guitarist, Graham. So, oh. basically, Graham, you know, one of his uh, other career things, he works for SJM as a tour rep. Right. Okay. SJM are the biggest music promoter in the music concert promoter in the UK. I think they're the biggest, they are massive. And Graham works for them as a, a tour rep oh. uh, occasionally. So generally what happens is if anybody wants to inspire us to do any gigs, we'll go to Graham because all the venues know him, all the promoters know him. Mm -hmm. So traditionally, Graham's the one who puts our tour together, which is great. You know, it saves us saves us having a manager and an agent and a, all this business. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, Graham got the email, forwarded it to us, and it was like, yeah, that was it. That was the, the it was like that was lighting the, the touch paper to me. And uh here we are, you know, I've been sorting my keyboards out, buying new keyboards, learning the songs. Getting excited. It must have been quite difficult for Graham to send the email. Do you think? You know, having, you know, a, a, a physical stance on, you know, we're not moving into another chapter yet. For one of you just to come up and, yeah, you know, make make the suggestion. It what could, what could, did that come across? Was it difficult for him? You, it turns out, and I don't, I don't think you mind me telling you this. I think it's quite, quite cute, really. That it turns out he had received other offers over recent. The, the last year or so, maybe two years. Yeah. And he knew the time wasn't right, so he didn't even forward them. Yeah. And that, you know, to his credit, he gauged it bang on. Nice. Because when, when that, like I said, the feeling I got when I got that email on that, that Saturday morning in July, I was like, I went straight to wife and I said, I've just got this. 
and it, it excites me. I'm up for it, and she's like, "Do it," you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah quite emotional, really, because it's like you know the idea of um, getting back out there without Craig. Obviously, he's going. It's a big deal. It's a big. Yeah. It's a big emotional uh, pull because he was with us for thirty years. He was the the only drummer we ever had. Really, he was certainly the only drummer that ever recorded uh, records for us. You know, he, was, he joined. Okay. From the age of like fourteen, played he for the band yeah, joined in eighty-eight. He joined a few weeks before I did. It was eighty-seven, probably eighty-seven. But yeah, so but for thirty years, it's like he was the guy behind me hitting them drums. You know what I mean? And as we went around the world, it's like the the connection with him was uh, immense. Really, you think not just as a drummer, but as a very close friend. You know, so yeah, I mean, the idea that we're going out without him is obviously, you know, it's a big. There's a big emotional aspect to it. We have spoke to Craig's family, particularly his wife, Rose, you know, from day one, from the moment we decided that we were going to do it. Yeah. We went to see her and talked her through it. And she's been really supportive and understanding and his, his kids are aware of what's going on. And they're all being really positive. And, you know, they, they, they'll all be at that gig in Manchester, I'm sure, we'll, you know, we'll look after them. And, um, yeah, it's just it's time to get out and celebrate what we did, really. Yeah. Because, uh-huh. we, we, you know, when we walked off stage in... December of 2015 at Leeds Academy, you know, with Shed Seven, we didn't realise that was our last gig. Mm. And to me, you know, after Craig had passed away, it was like, is that the is that where we underline it? Is that where it ended? You know, that that gig in Leeds, supporting Shed Seven, and Craig dying a year after. Is that how, how that story ends, or or will there be another chapter? Um, so I like it now that you know I, I like the fact that we are going out. We have definitely got another chapter. We've got two new members in the band, um, and we're going out there, and people are ready for it. You know, it's like I didn't realize that the Manchester gig would sell out on on day one. Yeah, you know, because my wife asked me, Charlie asked me in the morning, tickets were going on sale. She said, "Do you think it'll sell out really quick?" And I said, "Don't think so. I think it might take a couple of weeks." Seriously, that's what I said. Yeah, we had tickets when I was. I think ten o'clock tickets went on sale, and by three or four o'clock in the afternoon, they'd all gone. So it's like, wow, you know, the, people are ready for it. You're getting people messaging you like as soon as they've seen it sold out, or have you had yeah, people yeah, like people that were slept in that night? Turned your photo. It's, you know, it's like, like it's even now. I mean, because I'm self-managed, I don't have a manager. Yeah. And one of the big dilemmas I have every day is that I can't keep up with the amount of texts, WhatsApps. Yeah. Twitter messages, Twitter DMs, emails to me. You know, it's like there's probably seven or eight ways of people contact. Yeah. yeah. And I and one of my biggest problems of that, I, I can't spend enough time every day replying to people. So yeah, it went through the roof when the announcement or when the tickets sold out, etc. I was just getting texts from every, every corner of the UK saying, Can you help me out here, Clint? <laughs> <laughs> what a night. What a- Are you willing to travel to I might get on a guest list in front. <laughs> well you know it it was it was really nice to see that teaser video as soon as i saw it i thought nice one and who were i speaking to at the time um oh it were uh rich wilson a comedian friend of mine i would i were interviewing and he's a big yeah. carpets fan too from the day and it, it just like i just said have you seen that teaser from him they're coming back and he's like oh nice one it was just yeah. like it was just such a nice moment as a fan just to see that just yeah. the, the, the way that you did it was nice as well it's cheeky on it yeah. Well, that's what people do now, isn't it? It's like um, it's very normal now to do those little films, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to, to tease things and sell things. So, but yeah, I like it. And I still see a it. Duster out and that, mate. Get yeah, a little feather duster. duster. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I still watch it now occasionally on my phone, and it does. It's like it gives me goosebumps yeah. knowing what it meant at the time from going from to, to doing nothing for six years, mm. and then suddenly, what's coming next, don't you? <laughs> was that planned? Like, how planned was it, or did you just? Think, I'm doing, I'm doing that riff because that's the riff, and I'm getting my duster out from downstairs. Um, did, or did it? What it? I, I'm just interested in how you know, it's all, those keywords are set up anyway in my studio and, uh, and yeah. that blue cover is what I put over them in case the, the ceiling caves in <laughs> and the duster is in the studio because I, I often dust you know things off so it's all stuff that video for <laughs> obviously to get them get them goosebumps going with, around the UK and it seems to have worked oh no mate <laughs> it, it, it was it was so nice and have you started rehearsals yet then we had, I think we've done four, we did four sessions, mainly to try out uh, Kev, the drummer, Kev Clark, mm -hmm. who's drumming with us. He, he was uh, with the Rain Kings. So Steve, our singer, has got another band called the Rain Kings that he oh, works yeah. with occasionally. And he recommended Kev and we tried him out and he was brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, Jake Fletcher, uh, is he, he's playing bass with us. So Jake is, um, he was in the Gramatones and the uh, Cupids. He's now playing bass with Paul Weller, oh. and that's pretty much a, I say a full time job. It's it, it, he is now Weller's bass player, yeah. um, and he's he works with the specials as well and other you know big names. So he he's doing our bass, and he's from Oldham. Mm. He's a young lad compared to us. He's in his early thirties, and you know really good, great great chemistry. The two new lads, Kev and Jake, fit in so brilliantly because they're from our part of the world. They're from similar backgrounds, uh, passionate about music. So the chemistry in the in the band, in the room, it feels like back in the 80s to me. Yeah. It feels like at the start. And I know that it's, it's not the definitive lineup. It's not the, the lineup that had all the hits, you know, when Tom was our singer, but this mm -hmm. is very much the next chapter. This is what this is what happened in this story of this amazing band. This is what happened. After Craig died and we took a break, this is what happens next. Well, we don't know what's coming next, so we might be shit. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I doubt that very much, but like, it, to me, it's it, this next bit. It's, it's as relevant a chapter hmm. as the early nineties when we we're at the top of the, the game, traveling the world. This next bit is as important as relevant as what's happened previously. You know. No, I love it. I love it. And how have you found picking up the old tunes and trying to remember them? It's funny. I've got um. I've got a book. I'm sat here. I've got this big book that's got. I put this together in 2011, so it's Clint's Inspiral Notes 2011. Okay. <laughs> so it's like every page is a song. It's just the the initial notes when I when I like when I was working songs. I just just chords and you know where my fingers go, what the chords are, etc. Oh, um. So when I started playing, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I was determined not to use the book. Mm. I was determined to remember it and figure it out from my fingers and memory. Um. And that's worked really well. It surprised me, like muscle memory. Mm. I'm not. I'm not a fluent musician. I'm still not. I couldn't sit here now and play. You know, break on through by the doors for you. I could probably work out in the next half hour or so. But yeah. And I don't read music, and I don't when I'm when I'm doing a song. I don't think right. It's a D into a A minor or whatever. I play quite visually. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, I see patterns, and that's what I play. So. When you've not done that for seven years, some of the songs seven years since we played them, some probably ten years or more since we played some of these tracks. Mm -hmm. But when you start playing it and your fingers are suddenly, they know what to do, even though in your mind you're confused. <laughs> fingers are saying, oh, you, you, this is what we used to do. 
this is what me and my, my, my nine mates used to do here. <laughs> you know I mean? So that, that muscle memory, I know it's a cliche, but muscle memory, it's, it's a brilliant thing. And uh, So it's yeah. not just a process of rehearsing and just getting tighter and tighter and tighter until it's ready to be uh, unleashed live to the humans that are coming out. Yeah, I mean, like we, I, when, we had the, when we had the first rehearsal, which was probably in August, maybe early September, I can't remember exactly when it was, but the first rehearsal we had to try out Kevin, Jake and see how it felt. We just did 10 songs. We had 10 songs that I'd been working on at home, you know, like mm. 10 of the old back catalogue that I was, I was trying to remember and work on. So I said, let's do the 10 songs with the lads. And um, we did that night. We spent a couple of hours playing, you know, and jamming and, well, not jamming, playing the songs. And it was that good that we could have gone out the next night and done those 10 songs as a gig, as a live set. It was that good on night one. You know, having not played together for six years at that point-ish and with two brand new members in the band. We could have got... with, with two new people, how, have you, how, how, did, how did you, how how are you that proficient? Have they just been rehearsing the songs separately? Yes, they, they had, yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah. They, and they're both, like, amazing musicians anyway, you know, but, like, Kev, he's a great drummer, but he plays all these other instruments as well. He's one of those really annoying people that can play anything. <laughs> and Jake, he's, just, he's a wonder kid. Jake, Jake Fletcher's just like... Annoyingly, annoyingly talented. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's uh, no, but we're just very fortunate. That we've, we've landed two musicians who are from our neck of the woods. Yeah. Very much carved from the same stuff that we are carved from. You know what I mean? In terms of humour and, um, you know, what's the word? We're quite community minded. We're all very down to earth, working class people. That's what I think. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, so. I think it's going to be an, an enjoyable trip. You know, it's going to be nice being on the back lounge of the bus, which is traditionally the inner sanctum for most rock mm. and roll bands, isn't it? Um, you know, there'll be some nice times coming up and a lot of nice, a lot of, you know, sad, sad moments or, you know, re reflecting on our time with Craig. But there's a lot of anecdotes in there that will bring the house down when we start to share some of that with the, the, the new boys, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm just feeling nothing but excitement for what's coming next you know it's it sounds great and you, you briefly mentioned there when you when you received the email about and, and you haven't been considering playing live but you also mentioned new music as well is it going to be some new inspired carpet songs do you think we've not planned any we've not planned on doing new music yet we, no. we're very much the tour is very much it's and crowd favorites you know from our back catalog um i'm guessing that the natural Next thing that'll happen will be that we'll decide to do some music. Maybe in a few months' time, we'll start planning it. Uh, when Craig passed away, we were actually working on new music then. Mm. So we've got quite a few recordings of unfinished tracks that would have been the next album. So I think at some point, we might look at finishing those. Mm. I mean, Craig's final Craig's final work. Um, so yeah, I, think, I think there'll be something at some point. Uh, you know, But it's just, it's not... It's not something we're focusing or spending any time on at the moment. We're just all eager to get these songs out there that we've uh, created over the last 34 years or whatever. Yeah, Get those you, out and celebrate them. You're not missing much of the UK. I'm just looking at your tour dates now. You start in Nottingham on the 23rd of March all the way through to the end of April. Um, you know, how, how do you plan ahead for, you know, life on the road again after... After like having lockdown and stuff and not having to leave the house, that must be daunting or not. Yeah. 
And the thing is, I can't travel like me. When I when I go out okay. anywhere, it's like if, it's like if I'm staying out for a night, I mean, God, I can't. I struggle to travel light. So um, I don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? I, I, I need to remember what, what I put in my bag that goes on my bunk. What do I put in my suitcase yeah. that goes underneath the bus? It's all that kind of stuff, isn't it? But I saw, it's all part of the, the fun of being out there. And I'm sure... Right, we'll, we'll, it'll all come back it'll all come flooding back near the time no, um, no. but yeah, the main thing is the songs are sounding great and yeah you know the keyboards are working good I've treated myself to a couple of new keyboards to include in my setup as well so it's um, yeah it's just happy days all around so on the video you had about four or five different keyboards what do they all do mate because if I've never played keyboard myself I'm a guitar man so you know I understand foot pedals I presume they're all different like if you've got a different foot pedal for a guitar they're all different sounds and things yeah it's, it's sort of like that you, you can program them. I mean some of them are just MIDI keyboards so I can program right you see some keyboards where you, you're playing a piano part and then you can press a button, it becomes an organ, and press a button, it becomes strings. Yeah. The, the idea of the multiple keyboards was that I could have them programmed so that, you know, this this one is the organ, that's the piano. Yeah. Uh, this one's, you know, a string part or the the, the, the solo for Saturn Five. So yeah. it means you're not pressing loads of buttons to change keyboard sounds. That's yeah. why I had the, that big stack of Rick Waitman sort of keys on the last trip. So whether I'll have that same setup this time, I'm not sure because I'm working on some um, some new machines that might make the setup a bit easier. So, but that's part of the fun. I'm, I'm buzzing about that. I'm buzzing about having a, you know, tinkering about with musical equipment. Yeah. With going out on the road with this amazing band, rather than just tinkering about with it because I've just bought it and it's it's really. Cool. <laughs> I've got a purpose. I've got a sense of purpose now, which I didn't have back in June. I didn't have that. But, yeah. you know, until July, I didn't know what I was going to be doing next year other than DJing in clubs and festivals and, and being on the radio. You know, above that, I didn't know what, what else there was. So It must be so nice to, to have this history behind you of of the band and, and your own solo stuff after that. Yeah. Just to be going back to basics and having an organ in front of you, a crowd yeah. of people in front of you and your mates there just to share this experience with it must yeah be. and it's like i said that you know the history it's like the hard work for, for this tour that's coming up and, and the festivals that we'll be doing through the summer and whatever else comes with it yeah. the hard work's already done those, those songs are written and, and perfected yeah. and recorded and in people's minds and in people's lives since 1988 so the hard work's done so this is the easy bit now we're just going to sit like you said sit on stage yeah. with our mates and play the songs the best we can and just soak up that glory you know what i mean yeah, man. Well, there's a, the tours. I'll put a link to the uh, in the description of this podcast, obviously, to buy tickets. Yeah. Three places are sold out. Obviously, Manchester went straight away. Nottingham's gone. Yeah. And my beloved uh, home, Sheffield, the Lead Mill sold out too, which I found interesting because yeah. their 20 their year lease runs out in March next year. But this gig's booked in April, which I just found mm-hmm. interesting. I, I read an article in the Sheffield Star just this week just saying that the, the Lead Mill are still booking gigs way into 2023. Uh, in the hope that all the problems that they're having with the licenses and stuff is going to go ahead. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts on that might, might be. I think it'd be a travesty if it disappears, that place. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, it'd be a travesty, even if they have to move to another address, which is likely what will happen if they get booted out, and they'll just take the business yeah. elsewhere, I'm guessing. But, yeah, I mean, that, that place is like that. There's such an important part of every town or every city's culture, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, 
you mentioned earlier that the doorman that still works there, I think, has been a yeah. Trail. Yeah, I went. I went to the Leadwell a couple of weeks ago. Just uh, the the band that I'm supporting, Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, we had him on in Led, uh, at Leadmill, uh, and I was just outside having a little fag and that. And, and Nev was still there, and he he was the same doorman that used to take piss out of me for being too drunk and trying to get into the club when I were a chab and that. It was just yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know, it's, there's a there's a soul to that place. And yeah. people, people, you don't hang around somewhere that long if it's not a nice place to be, do you? But, but that just shows, you see, it's not just about, like, the generations of people that have gone there to watch bands or, you know, enjoy the club nights. Mm. It's it's also people like Nev. It's his, it's his career. It's been his career for 20-odd years, and it's like these places aren't just pop-up party palaces. Either they're, they're, they're essential parts of our our culture, and, you know, and as a community, we, we, need, we need nightclubs. We need pubs. Yeah, it's like, and to be seeing them getting shut down and demolished, and you know, around the country, around the UK, you know, we just lost South Nightclub in Manchester, and that's you know, I've, I've been working there 25, 26 years since I probably stepped in there for the first time, and I've done every Saturday for the last twenty one years, or I did do until they shut us down. Uh, but that's the same thing. The landlord doesn't want the club in there anymore. He's booted the, the club out, so it's um, you know, I mean, I mean, a city like Manchester, it's great seeing the city centre develop and you know be transformed but if it's at the expense of these incredible um addresses that are, that are so important to people it's like that that's yes. we've got to we've got to protect these places you know what i mean it's very important that they're still there and it's, it's important the next like night and day here in manchester you know it's not and, and, and i'm sure there's venues that uh aren't on the top of my head right now all over the country that you know could be facing these problems yeah in the near, no in the near future type thing, it's just when I was in the Leadmill, I was speaking to the sound guy in there, just asking him how the petitions going on and that kind of stuff, just trying to gauge how it's all going. And yeah. it, these petitions can only be online for six months, right? And, and it had finished, so they, I think they got like sixty thousand, not enough for him to get it heard in the Houses of Parliament or whatever. That you know the point of these things are. Right. Um, so it, it and and they're and they're just really worried. They just don't know. It's it's the the unknown for a lot of people in this world where there's a lot of unknowns. Where you're gonna how you're yeah. gonna gas electric bills that kind of stuff. It's it, it it's difficult for a lot of people out there, and and it's difficult for people to afford to buy tickets and things for live gigs and entertainment. And it that the whole industry is 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 always fighting. COVID, it were fighting. It's it's fighting again now. It it's tough out there, isn't it? And and for people to to have a night out and go and see the Inspiral Carpets and you being there just sharing that moment with them. Yeah. I, I don't know what my point is, but I'm, I'm, I, it, it's good that you back me. It's yeah, not- I, think, I think it's what, I think what, you, what, you, what you touch on, there, there, there is a recession. The, the world's not in a great place, but, you yeah. know, it's not been in a great place for the last few years for various reasons, but there is definitely a recession. I, I'm seeing signs of it, you know, as a DJ, um, the amount of gigs have been cancelled over the coming weeks. Mm. I've never seen that many gigs cancelled, well, apart from the pandemic, because that cancelled a lot of gigs for me. But uh, it, for the first time, it looks like some of the events that people are booking me for are like tickets aren't selling, people are being a bit tighter with the money, yeah. you know, rightfully so. Um, so it does feel like we're, we're going into a big recession. And I think uh, the fact that, you know, like like I said, thousands of people have, have gone out and bought tickets for this tour. It's quite heartwarming that at this moment in time, a lot of people still see watching the Inspirals as, you know, number one priority in terms of entertainment, which is 
you know, like I said, heartwarming is the word, really. It's like, thank you, thank you to everybody that's bought a ticket, you know. Well, just just like, like like you mentioned before we started recording today, just like you weren't sure if it were going to sell out enough straight away, and then yeah. boom. Well, on the, on the day the tickets went on sale, uh, I think tickets went on sale at 10 o'clock on uh, the fr- a Friday, I think it was, on it. And about nine o'clock, my wife, Charlie, said to me, do you think they'll sell out really quick? And I'm like, doubt it. I think it'll be, it might take a couple of weeks. I seriously did not think that we would sell 1,800 tickets in Manchester yeah. four or five hours, which is what it took. And I know you get these big bands that sell out in seconds or minutes, but to me, that is like music to me ears that, yeah. you know, all these years, 34, 35 years after the band started, it's there's still that much love, not just in this city, but in, in this country for uh, for our band, our little garage band from Oldham. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I, I can remember, uh, you know, your history, Holden, my wife's from Chatterton, Oldham Way. Yeah. Near the Red Barn, it's called Encora now, I think, just off yeah. there, just on there. That's where you all met in that car park, weren't it? Is that, right? Is that true? I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah, it was a very important moment because it was, um, so what year would this be? This would be 87, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't in the band at this point. I I, I was, um, I had the little studio where the band were recording. I, I record. I was recording demos for the Inspirals. I was producing demos for them, cassette tapes. And I also had a van, I had a transit van. And I'd, I'd taken them to this gig. It was a Sunday afternoon gig at the Red Barn mm. um, on Broadway. And the drummer didn't turn up. I can't remember who the drummer was at this point. We had a couple of drummers before Craig. We were sat on the back of the van. Amps and that that we did have. No drums. And we just sat there. Andy Crane was the uh, the host of the event. He used to work for Piccadilly Radio at the time. He was a big local DJ, you know. And we've become close friends since me and Andy since that, that time. But anyway, so it was... We were a bit despondent because it didn't look like we were going to get to the gig because the drummer. And this kid pulls up on a bike, little BMX bike, little ginger kid, and he says, um, "What's happening? Are you a band?" And we said, "Yeah, we're a band, but we're supposed to be playing, but the the drummer hasn't turned up." And he said, "I've got, I'm a drummer. I've got drums. I live just over there. Can I go and get my kit and I'll?" Play? And it, so he goes off, comes back in his with his dad in the car with all the drums. And at that point, I think the organisers had said, "We're not going to." put you on you, you know we'll pay you anyway whatever but yeah. uh, you're not playing so Craig had come back with his kit and, and you know to no avail because there's going to be no gig but we said look we're rehearsing on Monday night come down and rehearse with you if you want come and have a go uh, which he did so oh. fitted in great drummed brilliantly for his 14 year old you know what I mean yeah. and then the week after, I think a couple of weeks after, I joined the band by just suggesting to Graham that if a couple, you know, that, that four-piece punky outfit that they were, they, you know, they were a punk band pretty much. Sound like um, some of these 60s garage bands that we were all into. And we literally did that. We, we carried the far feeser and me and Graham, one, one of us on each end of it, carried it into the rehearsal room, plugged it in, played along, and it was like, there you go. That's good. Some things are just crack on with that. So we never had a conversation. We never. Really... I join your band, Graham, or Graham saying to me, "Clint, would you like to join our band?" It was. It was just like, I think it was because I was so involved in the music they were making and helping them to get the, the the songs, the tapes together, that it just seemed a great thing to suggest. Let's play this organ and see how it sounds with it. 
Um, and I think Craig didn't know what was going on. I think later on, in, in you know, years and years later, it was like he didn't know what was going on. He just saw me and Graham bringing this organ in. And then me starting playing it, and that was it. I, I didn't never left the room from then on. It was I was in that band, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a lovely story, isn't it? Because that that was one of the things that give us that you know our USP. One of our big USPs is that organ sound, isn't it? You know what I mean? Nobody else had that at that time and then in this city. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, what a story. And I've still got the organ. I mean, I don't, I won't be taking out on this too. It's too, you know, it's too, it, it's vulnerable. It still works beautifully, but it's quite a vulnerable piece of equipment. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's a bit of a museum piece now because that not only did it play on all the Inspirals records, uh, Noel, when it was our road in Old Gallagher, that's the organ that he used to set up for me at gigs. Oh. And then he borrowed it for the last Oasis album. Oh. So it's on the last Oasis album. The last ever Oasis single was it "Shock of the Lightning"? I think it was the last yeah. single. That's the the organ that you can hear all the way. Dig through. out your soul. Was it that album? Yeah, dig out, dig out your soul. Yeah. So "Shock of the Lightning" was the last single that they put out, and that organ you can hear all the way through it is my Farfisa organ. So it's like what 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 that instrument in itself has got an amazing story. There's a song on that album, and my favorite song on it is "To Be Where There's Life." Is it? I think yeah. that one's really uh, organy. Yeah, and that's I, my. I don't know that's my organ. I should listen to it again. I've not listened to the album since uh, since then. But um, yeah, they took it away. Noel sent his rodeo up to our house in his Range Rover to collect it. Drove it off down south to the studio and then brought it back a few weeks later. Um, and then when he heard the the, the single, like I know that sound. That's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, yeah, to, the idea of. Having that rattling down the road outside the the, the lead mill, um, it is like, now nah, we'll keep it home, keep it home, look after it. It's yeah. me, it's my pension plan that, or at least it's you know my kids can sell it in the future and raise some money to buy a Tesla or whatever. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Noel will uh, spare five minutes and set up the whole system up for you just for one last time, just for old times' sake? Is it worth? You know what? It wouldn't surprise me because about. I'm guessing eight, eight or nine years ago when we were active, we were doing some work and Graham bumped into Noel somewhere. Um, and Noel said, I think we had a gig coming up at Brixton Academy or some big London gig. And Noel said to Graham, what about if I just walk on stage before you come on and do the line check? You know, that one, two, one, yeah. two. Noel suggested it to Graham. <laughs> there you yeah, go. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But, yeah, you know what? I think he's uh, he's the kind that would still probably do something like that for a laugh. You know what I mean? Love that. Love that. Love that. And yeah, again, we're, we're going to put tickets to the link of for, for all the gigs uh, coming up with the Inspiral Carpet starting in March 2023 in the link of the des description. A perfect Christmas gift, I think, Clint. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's um, an Inspiral Carpet ticket. It's for spring, not just for Christmas. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, um, you know, this power carpet's coming up. Grab yourself a ticket. Uh, just before we let you get off, because I know you've, you've got you've, you've got a busy life, Clint, aren't you? You've got lots yeah. of stuff going on, obviously. Uh, is there anything else that you you want to share with the people that uh, are part of the Boone Army just while you've got us today? Um, we, we relaunched Mrs. Boone's tea parties, which again, yeah. you know, I was saying about how exciting. The Inspirals reunion is for me personally, and and it's that it's that's a great thing for the family, obviously as well. It's a, because the kids have grown up 
you know, knowing that that's my my heritage is that band. That's where everything started, really. But relaunching the tea parties with Charlie is again, it's something else that we created many years ago. That's a, an amazing, phenomenal little business, and to be relaunching that in the same year is dead exciting. So you had, yeah. the, you had the lottery winners, mate. What a what a way to start again down at Bass yeah. and Stockport. The lottery winners relaunched it for us. They're, they're, they're incredible. But you know, back in the day, we had. Like people like Franz Ferdinand did it, the enemy, Reverend and the Makers. John came over and did a set for us. Um, Aziz Ibrahim. Uh, there was like there was some some household names in there popping in to just play on a Saturday afternoon in front of a load of kids chomping on homemade cake and you know me playing records and that. So yeah, the, that the the first one that we did a couple of weeks ago when relaunched, it had exactly the right spirit again, and the lottery winners were were incredible. They just brought the house down like like they do. Uh, we've got another one in a couple of weeks with Chris Elm. Nice. Uh, Chris Elm's doing it. And then my mate Smug Roberts, who's a stand-up comedian, he's going to do a little set. And then in the new year, from the end of January, we're looking at doing it fortnightly. So, like I say, it's, it's like we've re resurrected. I know the Inspiral Carpets isn't exactly a family business as such, but um, it's a big part of my life. And to be re resurrecting that in the same year as the tea parties is absolutely, you know, it's a lovely feeling. In the, in the Boone House, there's a lot of feel-good vibes at the moment. So how how do you make time just for you these days then, you busy man, you? Somebody asked me that the other day and I, I don't. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, to be honest, some nights I'll get in, you know, I'll I'll get in the house at half, seven, eight o'clock after the radio and mm. check the emails, do do a few things. And then I'll settle down with a, a bottle of wine and watch a film with Charlie. That's how, that's my me time. But it's not like you're working out. Peter. Like this morning, I was up, I was awake from four or five o'clock. No, you know what? I always said that. It's like, <laughs> I'm blessed that the stuff yeah. I do, you know, like my days are insanely busy. Yeah. Like today is an insanely busy day with the interviews and uh, technical stuff I've been working on. And then I've got to go off and do um, the radio show. And then tonight I'm doing a big gig in front of 6,000 people, believe it or not, after a World Cup game. Um, so it's um, that's a DJ set, not, not a gig, a DJ gig. <laughs> but yeah, so I, but I can't remember. Lessons. It's all the things I used to do through love for no money. I now do the same things, but I make money out of it. Yeah. Um you know, being on the radio, I used to do that for nothing because I just fancied having to go at it. When I started DJing, it wasn't to make money. It was like to play records and see the reaction it had on people, you know, or the effect it had on people. Um, so, yeah, busy in terms of me time. You know what? Like this morning, I woke up at four o'clock and I spent two hours laying in bed working on, um, like, technical stuff to do with the keyboards, thinking, pro thinking too, yeah. problems through. Do you know what I mean? And I'll get up and... It's funny just finding solutions it just while you lay in bed and God, I must, it must be such fun to sleep with. <laughs> Glenn, it's four o'clock in the morning. You're you're googling uh, extension leads and wires and that's what I'm doing. And it's like I mean these are the two new keyboards here that I've been uh, working yeah, with. Right. These little beauties. So I'm still trying to get my head around them because the technology's changed yeah. quite a lot since um, since I got that electric organ back in the day and you know my eighties big eighties synth that I used to have on top of it. You know, it's like every few years the technology seems to change completely. So I'm just uh, getting my head around some uh, the logic about to use these machines, which is keeps your brain alive, doesn't it? And when you get to my age, you need things like that to keep your brain alive and your skeleton working. You do, mate. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I know you're a busy, man. I'll let you get off, Mr. Boone. I really pleasure, appreciate man. you joining well, us again, mate. Let's do it again in a couple of months, eh? Maybe, maybe after the tour, catch up and see how that went. Should we do a face-to-face -face one down at Basque? I'm, I, I want to do more face-to-face -face podcasts and that yeah, kind of easy, stuff. Easy, easy. Um, let's do it. Yeah, man. Nice one. Right, you give me a shout, we'll do it.
Aww. Isn't it always nice to have a chat with Clint? What a nice bloke. I always say he's a nice bloke. And I'm going to meet him again on Wednesday at the Mancunia Art Centre. That is uh, a guest in uh, there for. Yeah, really enjoy speaking to Clint. Always a good chat. Open and honest. One of the world's nice guys. Thanks, mate. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another week of the podcast. I've been Carl Malone, it. That guy from RGM. Uh, in the new year as well, there's going to be a big uh, focus on growing our YouTube channel too. Particularly for these interviews and trying new stuff out. Um, all the latest news on the podcast can be found first on Patreon and our, uh, on Twitter. I'm rubbish at this bit. At RGM Pod. Fucking hate listing stuff. Um, but you've just got to do it, haven't you? It's just one of those things. Have you got to do it? I don't know. Am I just doing all this? I'm listing this stuff just for just because other people do it. I'm having a conversation with myself here. Um, I'm going to list it, and then I'm going to have a think about what I'm on about. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends about it. We really appreciate you joining us each week here at the RGM Experience Podcast. If I don't hear help from you, have a lovely Christmas. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some compilation uh, episodes. Just while we get into the new year and get some new guests booked, some exciting new people on the cards too, guys. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a couple of compilation uh, episodes over the next few weeks. We'll still be here every Monday, though. So stay tuned. Thanks, as always, for you, the people listening to us. It's very much appreciated. Enjoy Christmas. Nice one. Toodle-oo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.